Take your Bibles this morning to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 this morning. And uh, continuing our series, we're going through the family. I've been talking about that and I like to preach on that from time to time and going through a series here. And um, as I mentioned, I don't know how long it's going to go on, I guess, until the Lord says I'm done. So I'm not done yet. Uh, so I've stopped putting timelines on my series because uh, sometimes I plan to go longer. The Lord says we're done. Uh, then other times I plan to go shorter. The Lord says we need to keep going. So we're, I'm going to go as long as the Lord leads here. We're in Proverbs 31. So last week we looked at the divine pattern for husbands. And now we're going to look at this morning the divine pattern for wives. And I'm going to just say, ladies, I'm, I have a shorter sermon for y'all because I think the gentlemen need more help. Uh, there, so, but we're just going to go over some basic things this morning, and I'm not going to belabor the point of the pattern uh, that we see in First Corinthians. We've uh, memorized that verse uh, on last Wednesday night, and so I'm not going to belabor that. Oh, I already got one, but I'll always take another one. All right, stocked up up here. Uh, but uh, so we're going to be looking at the divine pattern for wives, and. An overarching theme I think we need to understand, if we're going to be the husband or the wife uh, or the mother or father we need to be, uh, we can't do that outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't do that outside of the Word of God. And as we get into the Word of God this morning, I hope the Lord impresses upon you what we need is a dependence upon God, not a dependence upon me, because we fail. We are weak, we are flawed, our wisdom is flawed, we don't know everything, but we need to be dedicated to the Lord. And so this morning we're looking at Proverbs 31. What's the picture that we need to look for? The Proverbs 31 woman, the virtuous woman. What God, a godly woman should look like and what the results are this morning. So if we could stand together out of respect for the ring of the word of God, Proverbs 31, we're going to look at verses 11 and 12 and then... Verse number 28, verses 11 and 12, then verse 28. Uh, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now let's go down to verse number 28. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. This is what God wants in a family. This is what, the and instead of the, uh, the criticizing or you should have done this better, what do we see? Is that her husband's heart trusts in her. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband praises her. And if the family is working as it ought to, this is the picture that we should see in a Christian family. But unfortunately, that's not what we see at times. But how do we get there? We know the gentleman, the husband has to do his part. We looked at that last week. But now there needs to be some elements in the wives and mothers' lives here this morning. And that's what we're going to look at today. But first, let's pray and ask God's blessing. Dearly Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. I pray that you will bless our time together in your word. Lord, what wonderful verses, encouraging verses. This is what every woman desires, dear Lord. If they're a servant of you, they desire this. They desire to please you. They desire to please their families and to be called blessed. And I pray that today we would understand the need of that. And Lord, in a culture that's so twisted and evil, Lord, that we would see your pattern and what you would have us to do. I pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The divine pattern for wives. So, three points this morning. Very, real easy. 
this morning. Three points. The first being this. What is needed? What's part of this pattern? What is needed? Uh, we've looked at the, uh, the chain of command coming down from the Lord all the way down to the children. We've looked at that. Now we're going to look at what is needed. What's, what needs to be on the inside? Uh, and this is not just for women. This is for everyone. This is for gentlemen, too. We all need this, but applying it specifically into the wives' and mothers' role this morning. So, number one, complete dedication to the Lord. That's where it all begins. Complete dedication to the Lord. We see the Proverbs 31 woman, we see in Proverbs 31 a description given. Remember, Proverbs 31 is a mother giving a description to her son to the kind of woman that he needs to marry. He needs to look for. Uh, and that this is, and by the way, gentlemen, if you're looking to be married, this is the list, Proverbs 31, study it well, because that is what you need to be looking for. Amen. And, uh, I, and I can say that I can rise up and call my wife blessed. Amen. Because she is a virtuous woman. I'm thankful for that. There's many virtuous women in here this morning. Praise God for that. We, uh, we rise up and call you blessed in your children should as well. By the way, if they don't shame on them. If you're living for the Lord and doing right and your children don't, that is on their head, not on yours. If you're doing right for the Lord. And there are times that happens. But we see, number one, complete dedication to the world. This is the result. This is the ultimate starting place. We look at other starting places in our uh, whatever role that God has given us, whatever ministry God has given us. It all begins, are we dedicated to God? Are we going to stick with what the Bible says? Are we going to stick with what God says and where God's leading? Are we going to stick with that? Or are we going to jump off the train at some place where we don't like it? Are we going to stick with the pattern God has? Or are we going to jump off when we don't like it? Uh, too many times commitment is a missing word today in our culture in that when we commit to something, and by the way, we must be firmly convinced that this is the answer right here. There are so many people looking for answers, and I'm so glad to be able to show people this is the answer, the Word of God. And I live, try to live it every day that I can, and I'm not perfect at it. I know many of us, none of us are perfect at it, but I can tell you this, it is the answer. It is the answer to what's going on in our culture today. It is the answer to all of these things, and we're going to get into that more a little bit tonight. But the answer is the word of God. How do I raise my family to uh, not just be successful, to make a lot of money or stay out of jail? How do I raise a family that loves the Lord? Well, first, it must begin with you and your dedication to the Lord. Are you dedicated, committed to Christ? And where that begins is in salvation. We must first be saved and know the Lord Jesus Christ is our personal Savior. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. We had the opportunity this week, Vacation Bible School is uh, it, and at the same time as one of our favorite weeks, also our most exhausting weeks, and we're glad to have it, but also glad when it's done, right? It's just one of those mixed things that you have. You know, you love having it, uh, but then you're glad when it's over, but then you can't wait for next year to happen again. So we just love doing that. Eleven young people came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. They were told about their need of their of the sin that we have for all of sin that comes for the glory of God. But the love of God is shown to them in the person of Jesus Christ, how he suffered and he bled and he died to pay for our sin. He became sin for us. Praise God for that. And if you're not saved here this morning, this is where it all begins. In salvation with Jesus Christ, if you are saved, this is our starting point. 
This is where our anchor is. This is where the rock that moors our entire life is right here in salvation. And because, and this is a, a, a true statement. So many people trust Jesus with their eternal soul, but they won't trust Jesus with the, the days in and day, day in, day out things of life. Uh, they trust God with their eternal soul to take them to heaven, but they won't trust God to teach them the pattern for their family. The role that they have, there is so much against the roles of, well, women need to do this and women need to be liberated and this, that. Can I just say something? You're free in Christ. Amen. You're free. We are at liberty in Christ. It's the world, the culture outside that decides to put stereotypes on people. God doesn't do that. Amen. And the freedom that is said to be there is actually bondage and said to be free what God has made you to be. Amen. I'm glad that uh, there are men. Amen. I'm glad because I am one. I'm glad there are men and that act like men. And you know they're a man. Amen. I'm glad there's women that you know they're a woman. And because women are wonderful things. I'm married to one. Amen. And but to try and mix that around what our culture is trying to do. It's an ugly thing. It's not something beautiful. It's something that's a twisting of what God has made. And when we get back But the word of God, and I'm so glad for this, because it's only God that can make the crooked straight again. It can make our lives that are twisted with sin and make them straight again. And this is where we need to put on something. So when we get saved, there first needs to be salvation. We have redemption through his blood. But then just a couple chapters later in chapter 4, in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, there also needs to be a putting on. A putting off of the old ways, of the old things. Of the old life, of the old man, the Bible says, and being renewed in the spirit of your mind. He had to put a new thinking. He said, well, uh, maybe some of this today is kind of foreign to you. And you're like, well, I don't understand what you're even saying here. Because that's how we used to think. But the word of God is a new way of thinking. I remember when I started learning some things that I never saw before. I was like, well, I, I, didn't know, I, I don't know if I'm wrong about that. You know, and, and that, that gets to our pride a little bit, doesn't it? And I said, well, I don't... I, I guess I've always been wrong. I don't want to think that I was wrong about that, but God's word says it right here, plain and black and white. And do I have to trust me or am I going to trust the word of God? Am I going to trust what I think God happened or do I need to trust what God says needs to happen? And be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. This is where we begin. This is where wives you begin, mothers, this is where you begin, and that you're dedicated to the Lord, and those old ways of doing things, the old ways of thinking, are renewed in Christ, in the renewing of your mind. Now, we need to understand what the Word of God wants us to do. What am, how do I live the Christian life? We need to grow in grace. But this right here is the key to your strength and your role as a Woman, you're free in Christ. You're free from sin and death. Praise God for that. Uh, You don't need to live according to stereotypes, but what the plan of God has for you. Not, uh, and we see there's freedom, not being like a man and and praise God, you're women. I just went went through that. Embrace being a woman and the job that God has given you is an honorable one. Being a mother is an honorable position. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's not something that's an inconvenience. It is something that is honorable, something that should be honored. Amen. Also, being a husband and a father is an honorable position. It's not honorable in our society today, unfortunately. And that's a sad thing. And you can see the destruction that it's wrought in our culture today. 
Complete dedication to the Lord. This is where we begin. Are we dedicated to God? They say, well, you know, I come to church, you know, I read my Bible, and you know, but, uh, you know, uh, but when push comes to shove, when the going gets tough and you have to stand where the Bible stands or you have a decision to make, are you going to go the way that you think you ought to go or Facebook tells you to go? Are you going to go the way God has clearly laid out in his word? If you're not dedicated, you're not going to go God's way when the going gets tough. You're going to go your way. You're going to go what I think. Well, this is what we've always done. Instead of saying, well, this is what God has for me. Are we dedicated this morning? Number two, what needs to be the divine pattern here for wives? There needs to be some strength of character. Strength of character. Uh, I was talking to my wife about this uh, earlier in the week. and uh, Really, what we need today is we need some women that will do right when no one's looking. Amen. That are going to do right and going to have some strength of character. Uh, to stand for the Bible. And to teach it to your children. Amen. Uh, and you look at some things, and we talked about this a little bit, in that, well, you know, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if, if my lost husband doesn't want me to go to church, I'll just stay home. Or, uh, you know, if my lost husband wants to have liquor in the house, I'm just going to deal with that, you know, uh, and different things, and I'm just going to have to live with that. No, there used to be some strength of character. I said, you know, if you're going to go out and drink and do whatever, fine, do it out there. But it's not going to be in this house. Amen. Mrs. Harvey's mother, that's what she did. She threw the liquor out the back. So you're not going to have it in this house. She loved her husband, honored her husband. She said, but this is not going to be in this house. It's not going to happen. And just stand for right. We're going to church. Whether he's passed out drunk on the floor, we're going to church. And we're going to be there and be faithful. And I'm going to teach my children the word of God. And Mrs. Harvey's here today as a result of that. Amen. And that's not a, a comfortable memory for her. But at the same time, that is her mother is of great honor to do that. And to have children that turned out to love the Lord. We need some women that are willing to do that, to stand for the Bible and to teach it to your children, to do right even if your husband is not. Because that is a key to seeing your husband do right. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3, if you would. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Because it is very important, the lifestyle, the example, because this is so true, is that uh, many times in a marriage that the husband's doing wrong, the wife says, well, why should I do right if he's doing wrong? We have that mentality, right? Ever have your children do that? Why should I do the right thing? What my brother or my sister's doing wrong? Hey, they're, let's just go with it, right? And said, and that's human nature. Just to go along with it. But then there is one, many may have that child, that is the bastion of righteousness. Right? Nope, I will not do it. And they will stand and, and they, they, they will say, no. I say, no. and sometimes they do it self-piously. Uh, do that. They're trying to do, the, do it the right way. But here... If your husband's doing the wrong thing, not living for the Lord, not being a spiritual leader, not providing, not protecting as the pattern we went over last week, not doing what he needs to be doing. So that gives you the excuse, well, I guess it's not my fault if everything falls apart. It's not my fault that, you know, the, you know, the kids go to the devil because it's all on him, right? Well, if you read some people, that's what they teach you. But I'm sorry, I don't believe that happens that way. Because we all are individually standing before God. And you still have a decision to do right, even though it's hard. So likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, meaning they're lost or they're backslidden, they also may without the word be won by the conversation. That's your lifestyle, how you act, how you function. A conversation of the wives, spiritually speaking, doing right, 
having that strength of character, having that dedication to the Lord, and that no matter what he's doing, you're going to do the right thing. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. What's that talking about? Humility. In that you have a fear of the Lord and you're going to do right that you want to honor God and do right and you're not going to participate in the sin that is there. Um, you know, there's been you've, even preachers that get up and say, well, you know, if you're... Um, if your husband wants you to go to the bar uh, with him and everything, and you're a Christian, you don't do that, uh, that you're to go with him, and you're not going to be guilty of any sin that goes on there. What utter foolishness. That's not in the Bible. The Bible says that we all will give account to God. All will give account, including the, the ladies here. You're going to give account to God one day of how you lived your life. Uh, and to have that rock-solid determination that you'll live for Christ no matter the cost. That strength of character. That this is right and I'm going to stand for it. That you will train your children to love the Lord. You have that rock-solid determination to do what is right no matter the cost. Psalm 119 verse 113 says, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. And also here's the important one. And this is what's going on today. Because we always weigh everything, right? You know, what, you know, what, what vehicle should I buy or this? We, we weigh value. We are a very value-driven society. What's the value of it? If it's not worth it, then I'm not going to do it. All right? What's the value to me? And the issue is what's going on in our churches today is that people are weighing it, and is it really worth it to live for God? Is it really worth it? You know, all the things I give up versus, can I just tell you something? It's the wrong way to view it. That way, that, and by the way, that way of thinking, if you're wondering what's going on with Gen Z and millennials, that's how we think. That's how we're, that's how we're value-based. Is it worth it to me or not? Can I just tell you something? That's the wrong way to think about it. And by the way, the previous generations, like Brother Hammond's your generation and the Harveys, you don't understand that. You're like, of course it's worth living for. It's not even a question. We don't base it on of that. Christ saved our soul. It's only reasonable that we should serve him, right? That's how, that's how that generation, that's the right way to think. Instead of, is it worth it living for God? Can I just tell you something? Get the question out of the way. It's absolutely worth living for God. Romans 12, it is a reasonable service. Christ died to save you from the pit of hell. What more do you need to know? What more? But no, what are we basing it on? Well, can I, and this really what it boils down to, can I keep my flesh happy living for God? Can I tell you something? You can't. And it's a wonderful thing that you can't. I can't have, what do you mean? I can't go and do what I want. I can't go to the club. I can't drink. I can't, that's what people talk about Christians. Well, I just can't do a whole bunch of things. Why would you want to do those things? Why? When you can be free from all of that and have joy and peace and blessing and living for God. Amen. There's freedom there. That's all that's just to medicate the pain of life. You don't need to medicate the pain of life. Christ takes his, your burdens from you and gives you peace and joy. That's what we need today. And really what that shows is people that don't want to be delivered. They just want something easy for nothing. Instead... What America needs is women who will stand for the Bible and for the word of God and say, it is worth living for Christ because he saved my soul. He died for me and he set me free. I want to live for him and I want to teach my children to live for him because he's a wonderful savior. That's the key. That's the key. 
And in doing that, so you need to have that complete dedication to the Lord and that second, that strength of character. And number three, a resolve. You're seeing a pattern here, a resolve to go against the grain. Can I tell you something? If you're going to live for God and you're going to follow the pattern of this book and fulfill the role that God has given you, which is an honorable and blessed role, then you're going to go against a lot of the grain of what our society is saying today. Because our society says the exact opposite. Can I just say something? When we see all that is going on, if you turn on the news channel, you see all the violence, all of the confusion, and all of what is going on today, all the confusion and just angst and lack of peace and fear and terror everywhere. Can I tell you, that's what our culture has brought upon itself. Because they strayed away from God. So if you want to follow the patterns out there, then that's fine. Then that's what the fruit is going to be. We're seeing the fruit of it now. We're seeing the fruit of what's going on. And we look into the word of God and he makes that very clear to us. But are you going to resolve to go against the grain? Because Galatians 5.17, turn over there, Galatians 5.17, because uh, there's several things you're going to go against the grain. First, it's going to be the grain of your flesh. I mentioned earlier that if you want to satisfy the flesh and live for God, you can't do it. Bible said, Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. For either he will love the one and despise the other. He will hold to the one and despise the other. He will be, you can't be loyal to two opposing things, can you? We can't be loyal to the United States of America and the Communist Party of China. You can't do that. Though some of our politicians think they can do that. But really, because the purposes of America and the purposes of China are opposite. You can't be loyal to God and the devil. Their purposes are opposite. And what is going on is that we need to resolve that I can't be loyal to me and my flesh and what I want and my desires and my corrupt nature and be loyal to God. It's either one or the other. Galatians 5, 17, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. And what does that mean? They're opposites. The Spirit of God, when we are saved, we become, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. We are, our bodies are the temple of God, and our flesh wants to do the opposite of what God wants. And there's a battle every day. And verse, and so the, here's the last part. The, these are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Because our desire is to please God. Our desire is to do right, but then why am I not doing right? Because your flesh doesn't want you to. And there's that battle that goes on. And guess what? If you're going to live for God, you've got to have that resolve. You're going to go against the grain of your own flesh and your own fleshly desires. Because the flesh desires to have fun. The flesh desires to have pleasure. The flesh desires all of the things that God hates. For the lust of the, for all that is in the world, for all sin. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's all that's in the world. That's all the world has for you. And all that's corrupt and will pass away. Not only that, the grain of your flesh, you're going to have to go against the grain of society. The grain of society. Um, the grain of our society is that you can choose to have children or children are an inconvenience that can be murdered in the womb if they're an inconvenience to you. That's the grain of society. That's the way society is going. And said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to even think that way. My children are, the Bible says the opposite. Children are a blessing of the Lord. They're inherited. The, the fruit of the womb is his reward. It's a reward. Praise God for that. 
And they're, they're not an inconvenience, but that's the grain of society. And you're going to have to stand against that. Can I just say something? Is that my, my wife and I, this was the other week, and uh, they were asking, you know, we were expecting a little baby girl and everything. And uh, we were going through some things. And, you know, they ask about genetic testing and those different things. You know, if you have any issues or, or things like that. And I know there's nothing wrong with those things inherently, but we choose not to do it because there's nothing we can do about it anyway. Uh, so we'll just wait to birth and see what happens. Uh, and, but that's our decision. I know other people don't choose that. That's fine. But just as one doctor came, was talking to my wife, and you could tell. So do you do that? Do you do the, you know, the genetic testing and all of that because you had a loss before uh, with uh, the genetic defect and things, you know? But the way, you know, you, you know someone's intention by the way they ask something? And... <laughs> And uh, you can tell that this woman is not a woman, that a doctor that is for life. And what just had that spirit about her, my wife started, you know, took that step back. You know, Carrie, you know, you know, yeah, exactly. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. Took that step back. She said, I almost said something. And I said, you know, and even if there is a problem, I'm keeping the baby. As as so, calm down. You're calm down. But at the same time, but that's the grain of our society. Thankfully, we have a doctor that doesn't believe that way. Praise God for that. Uh, he's a he's a professor at UT down there. Harold uh, uh, B. He's a wonderful man, and uh, just praising the Lord for that. But not everyone is that way. But that's the. It seems at least the message of our society is that. That's the grain of our society. Uh, but not only the grain of society. You know, the grain of society. You know, what is a mother and a wife supposed to be? You know, there's all kinds of things on Facebook, magazines, blogs, all kinds of things. Can I just say something? You just get to the Word of God, what the Bible says. You know, we spend all this time, uh, uh, you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong against uh, Christian lady authors and all these books that they write, that they're wonderful things and encouragement, but the main thing needs to be the Word of God. Amen? Not someone's take on it, what the Bible actually says. you got to be careful about that. And then also, then not only that, but the grain of your peers. The grain of your peers. You know, maybe even family members. Maybe even people that are your age, your peers. If you're going to live for God, you're going to go against the grain of your peers. I've had to go against the grain of my peers in a lot of ways. Even people I went to college with, I've had to go against the grain of that. I said, well, that's what, not what the Bible says. I'm going to stand where the Bible tells me to stand. I'm going to believe what the Bible tells me to believe, not what my peers tell me what's acceptable in Christendom today. It's about what the Bible says, not what's acceptable in Christendom, not what's acceptable in our culture, not what's acceptable anywhere else. What's acceptable to God? That's what it's all about. What's acceptable to God? And can I just tell you that? That's not a shackle. That's not a ball and chain. That's not a listen do's and don'ts. That's freedom and liberty. Whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty... Amen. And as a doer of the word and not a hearer only, there's liberty there. It'll be hard, but it'll be worth it. What's the result, though? What's the result? What we just read in Proverbs 31, that's the result. Is a husband's heart who safely trusts in his wife and praises her and calls her blessed. Children that will rise up and call her blessed. She's just a wonderful mother to us. She's a wonderful wife, uh, and she's just blessed. Why? Because she loves the Lord and she walks with God. So this morning, just a question. What will your pattern be? What is your pattern going to be? Because we each, God gives us a choice. We love the word of God and God loves us so much. Yes, God is sovereign, but God doesn't make us, force us into any particular pattern. He lets us decide for ourselves. 
And all I can do up here, I can't force anyone to make decisions for him. I can't force anyone to get saved. All I can do is present the truth of the Bible. And you have a choice to make. Are you going to pattern yourself after what the Bible says? Or are you going to pattern off of what your experience is? Or are you going to pattern off what everyone else is trying to tell you how you need to pattern? Because there's so many voices out there, it will confuse you. It will drive you insane. There's so many voices out there. So many, You can go to Google and find any opinion you want to find. For or against anything. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because this world's going to pass away. This world's temporary. Uh, can I just tell you something? You're not, if you're saved, you're not going to live all of eternity with your Facebook friends. Well, hopefully many of them, most of them are saved. They're going to be in heaven with you, okay? That's not what I meant. But we're not, we don't going to be eternally accountable to the, our friends on Facebook. We're not going to be eternally accountable to the culture outside. They care less. The devil hates us and wants us destroyed. So what do they care about what we do or don't do for God? They don't care. All the devil wants to do is deceive you and laugh in your face when you believe him. And that's what our culture does. The Christians, and, and they say, oh, we're just trying to do it this way. And then they fall and they fail. And the, the world goes, ha ha, why did they believe us? We knew that was going to happen to them. And they laugh at you. And spit in your face. So why would we want to have anything to do with that? Why would we pattern ourselves after that? And we see all the destruction that's going on. Why would we want to pattern that? You know, if we we going down the road and we see someone take an exit, they go off a cliff and tumble to their death. They're like, hey, let's take that exit. Let's do that. Let's take that pattern. Let's follow that example. That sounds great. You know, like the lemmings jumping off the cliff. You know, they just, why are we doing this? I don't know. We're just all going to do it. Let's just all die together. That's what happens when you follow the crowd instead of following the Lord. Because the Lord always leads to life and blessing. And there's a road to heaven. And so this morning, what pattern are you going to have? What decision are you going to make? What is living for God worth to you? It's a question. Only you can decide that. And there's only one correct answer. So I gave you a test this morning. The Lord's given you a test. I already gave you the answer to that. But you have to decide for yourself this morning. Let's pray.